Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Hey there, it's Darren, the producer of the show, and we've got a great episode coming up for you in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about tomorrow's show on Business Lunch. So, quite a few of us on the podcast team, including myself, use the Project Evo planners to help us get in the flow. And tomorrow, Roland Frazier is talking with the founders, Chad and Armand. If you haven't heard about Project Evo, they broke all crowdfunding records and developed a digital and physical product that is helping people all over the world get into the productive flow. Take a listen. Okay, so you were talking about it. Did you, either of you have like a scientific background or brain background or anything like that to start with? That was actually our biggest pain point was we were like looking at, there's all this stuff about how to find your passion and mm-hmm. how to find your purpose. And it's all very elusive and wishy-washy mm-hmm. and whimsical. Mm-hmm. And we were like, what can we do to actually apply psychology or science to this right. so that someone like us who needs this tool so badly can really win here? Mm-hmm. And as the same you know, series of kind of events that have happened for us that have been very serendipitous, right. we very serendipitously met someone who had been studying Jungian psychology for nine years nice. when I brought it up in a, in a lift mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in the car. And the person said, yeah, we were in Austin. It just kind of came up and that magical moment just kind of happened and it fell That's in really our cool. lap. Um, so it's really been this process of once we put language to our idea, mm-hmm. a lot of the people... Um, and tools and resources that we needed honestly just showed up. You okay. know, it's just it's one of those things that I think everyone has experienced in life. And especially when you have something really meaningful that you're working on and you're really clear on where you're going, mm-hmm. it just kind of opens the doors and people are attracted to anyone who has any sense of certainty about mm-hmm. what they're doing. Okay. Like, we know where we want to go uh-huh. and people go, okay, I want to follow that because that me- that sounds like it's something meaningful that I have a sense of clear direction of how I can support it. Right. So whether it's been our brain type experts or even the media buyers that we've attracted or mm-hmm. the team that helped us pull off this seven-figure Kickstarter campaign, right. um, it's just kept being, being door after door after door opening, just like that. 
So you can hear the rest of this amazing story if you check out Business Lunch with Roland Frazier on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to your podcasts. All right, here's Ralph and Molly. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is episode 211. I am your host, Ralph Burns, alongside across the pond in Amsterdam in a beautiful Airbnb is Molly Pittman, who I'm very jealous of, by the way. <laughs> you being way over there and me being way back here, but psyched that you're traveling and seeing some awesome stuff over there. Yeah, you know what's crazy? I think that you being in Boston, I'm actually about as close to you as I was when I was in Colorado over here in Amsterdam. <laughs> oh my God, that's too funny. But yes, I've decided to stay for a year. I figured out an interesting treaty, actually, that the Netherlands and America signed in 1952 called DAFT, wow. Dutch-American Friendship Treaty. And it basically states that if you're an entrepreneur and you take a few simple actions, you are able to get a visa. So um, we're going to give it a shot. So looking forward to more EU meetups to come. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Yeah, we were going to do the Tier 11 council meeting, which Molly is a part of in Amsterdam, yes. but we just couldn't quite swing it with everyone's travel schedule. So good to know you're going to be there for a year. So we're going to have a second try at that maybe in the fall. So I uh, can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Any reason to get over to Europe. So we're sort of stuck here through the end of August because we've got a teenager going off to college at the end of August. And then we've got one more that needs to get through and graduate and get into a school this year. So we're sort of tied down travel wise, but still doing travel, obviously, for tier 11 stuff. But I'll be living your lifestyle in about a year, Molly. So you'll have like I'm the excited. playbook for how to live virtually. Which <laughs> we're going to be following. I'll give you all of my notes. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, guys, follow me on Instagram, Molly Pittman Digital. If you don't already keep up with my Instagram stories, hopping around Europe. Yeah, sick stuff there. Hey, Ralph, I know that you guys at Tier 11 have something really exciting coming out. Do you want to tell Perpetual Traffic about it? Yeah, yeah. We talked about it a little bit last week, but we actually announced, sort of kind of announced, our Tier 11 coaching program called Ads Accelerator. And you can go check it out at tier11.com forward slash AA. That's tier11.com forward slash AA. And you can apply for the program there. What it is, is it's actually getting our help from our media buying team. So our media buying team is spending millions per week on direct response, Facebook and Instagram advertising. And for customers who might not be ready or not even looking for an agency, we actually have our media buyers on weekly calls every single week. And then a learning center, which we've put together, which is totally kick-ass, as well as a Facebook group, which is really interactive to get all your questions answered. And I think you'll be surprised at how economical this package really is, but you do have to apply. Go to tier11.com forward slash AA and uh, get the weekly coaching, get the learning center as well as the Facebook group. Yeah, I'm on those calls every single Wednesday. So look forward to seeing you in there. It's our first time actually launching a coaching program here, Molly. So it's pretty exciting. We're pretty psyched about it. So far, we've got a great group going in there. 
Awesome. Congrats, guys. Well, cool. Well, we're really excited about today's show because one of the beauties of recording this podcast, we don't do these shows like months and months in advance. And the reason for that is, although our producer, Darren, would love it if we did do that. <laughs> we love you, Darren. We love you, Darren. We also realize that everything that we discuss in this show has to be topical and has to be current because so much is changing in Facebook, not necessarily just in the platform itself and all the stuff that's coming out in the news just recently. And it's just a constant stream of updates with Facebook, but also because there's certain things that happen almost in real time. And this time of the year being the summer months is one of those things that we're going to discuss today here and what we're seeing inside tier 11 and what Molly's seeing in her ad accounts and what she's seeing with her students through team traffic and the variety of different programs that she's leading. But also we want to talk about some other things here, which are really relevant to not only Facebook ads, and maybe it, this won't be as tactical on that end, but how to actually scale and what are the components of what we refer to as the scaling mindset? So we'll talk about that in just a bit, but let's discuss some of the things that you've seen recently. You've noticed some changes inside a few of the ad accounts and from what your students yeah. are saying with regard to sort of kind of the summer doldrums, depending on what type <laughs> of products that you sell. What are you seeing out there, Molly, right now? And maybe even we can make some recommendations to people how to sort of deal with that. I feel like a weather woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's raining over here in Texas, Ralph. No. So what's interesting, it's July 17th right now. And over the last one to two weeks, I've seen a dip in performance. So increased CPAs, lower volume of results, and a lot of the ad accounts that I manage. And also I'm hearing this from my students. What's interesting is I'm seeing this dip across Facebook, Google, and YouTube. So it doesn't seem to be just a Facebook thing. And now this isn't in every account, but it is, I would say, the majority. And what's interesting about this is this is something that we know usually happens every summer, depending on the type of business, especially if you're B2B. But we are in the dead of summer here in the United States. I'm actually in Europe, but uh, same thing, a dead of summer here too. And I think there are a lot of variables going on with this dip in results that actually have nothing to do with the ad platforms. So things like summer holidays, a lot of families and people in general tend to take their vacations and their holidays around this time. People tend to be generally a little bit less connected to being a consumer or running a business in the middle of summer. They have other priorities. There's other stuff in their life going on. And so I think we have to take that into account. It's hard to prove statistically, Ralph, but we have to take into account that seasonality affects a lot of our businesses and therefore it's going to affect the performance of our ad campaigns. Now, for some businesses, like if you're selling swimsuits, this might be your hottest time of year <laughs> and you might not be seeing this dip in results that a lot of us are seeing. But for the majority of us, depending on what you're selling and who you're marketing to, there is going to be 
seasonality in your business that has nothing to do with the ad platforms. You also have to take into consideration holidays. So normally around big holidays like Christmas or Mother's Day, we see ad costs rise because big brands are denoting a big portion of their budget to campaigns around that time. And they're definitely not running them from a direct response standpoint. You know, they're probably saying we're going to spend $5 million. Here it is Facebook, which is, you know, Facebook, the advertising platform is an auction. So that's going to affect our ad costs. So for example, this week it's prime, right? It's Amazon's prime day. And I'm sure there are a lot of promotions going on around prime and that could be affecting the results of our ads too. So I just bring this up so that you guys realize this is normal. You know, it's something that you should start to plan for in your business after a year, after two years, knowing the seasonality of your business as the months pass, recognizing those and going with the flow and, you know, trying not to panic when we have weeks like these that might not be our best. Yeah. I mean, I look at this time of year as it's not necessarily a holiday time. It's not necessarily a specific event or what Ryan Dice refers to as the triggering event that may prompt someone to buy. And we get that from an awesome training that Digital Marketer offers, which is let's build a predictable selling system, which apparently they're actually going to be upgrading that and making it even better. It's a great way to really understand sort of selling cycles and how to approach cold traffic and how to look at your business, as well as some of the things we're going to talk about in the tail end of today's episode with regard to scaling and return on ad spend. But I look at like this time of year as a triggering event because there's not really that much going on. A lot of people are out. Obviously, you're in Europe. Uh, I was always amazed when I had European customers that would take the entire month of July off, you know, which is awesome. I wish I could do that. Maybe we'll get to that point. But the point is, is that there's a lot of people that are on vacation right now and aren't necessarily in the market for your product, especially if it's maybe more of a business-related product, maybe a self-improvement product that people are more in the mindset of leisure right now. And it's just enough to notice a dip in performance, not catastrophic by any stretch, but it's just enough to have this triggering event going throughout society and the 3 billion people that are on the platforms that we advertise on and talk about here on the show to notice some dips in performance. And I think it's just the reality of where we're at in the time of year, but I don't think that it's something that you need to be overly concerned about. I mean, on the flip side of that, I mean, we have some customers that, for example, we have a customer that's in the mosquito prevention or mosquito control niche. And that niche right now is really booming because uh, it's the prime year. Like that's <laughs> it's, the one. It's that uh, time of year. Yeah, that's the seasonal business that we see you know, inside the agency that's doing really, really well right now and sort of picking up and yinning while everything else is yanging to a certain degree, you know, overlooking all the different ad accounts. I don't think we can paint a broad brush and say they're all down. But the point is, is that if you're experiencing maybe some summer doldrums or some hits on your ads, all things being equal, you're keeping updated on the things that we talk about here, perpetual traffic. You're constantly updating your ad copy and your creative. You're looking for new audiences to potentially target. You're tweaking things, you know, at a campaign level. If you're doing all those things and you're still seeing some performance drop, 
it's okay. And I think you just need to sort of weather the storm and ride it out, but don't stop your ads. I think that's something that we had talked about before, you know, yeah, pre-show. Say, so what should we do, Ralph? Yeah, exactly. What should we do? Should we stop everything? Yeah, should we, should we just we scale keep back? shelling cash out? Or? Cash out right now, cash out your chips and, you know, go away on vacation for a few weeks in a lake somewhere. So what are you recommending to your students that experience this type yeah. of uh, uh, potential? So- Again, it's going to depend if this has only been going on for a few days. And let's say, for example, it's Mother's Day weekend and you're noticing a huge spike. I absolutely recommend not turning your ads off. So even though you can feel like maybe you're wasting money, usually what happens is you turn your campaigns off and then when you relaunch them, sometimes they can just never get back to the point where they were, that point of success. And so if this is only lasting for a few days and you know it hasn't been lasting for seven to 10 days, I would say, under a week, I would actually continue to run my ads because I think the consequences could be greater if you turn them off and relaunch and you're just never able to get back to where you were before especially campaigns that have been running a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. What do you guys do, Ralph? I mean, I think in some cases we might trim the fat a tad, but we really do move forward. Like we look at things a little bit more long-term based when it comes to attribution. So for example, you know, we might see a one week drop or a two week drop. You know, if it's a catastrophic drop, then we know there's something really wrong. Like, you know, we're running ad accounts at, you know, like a million dollars a week, for example. And all of a sudden we're seeing the return on ad spend or the KPIs just dramatically drop by 50% or more. That usually means there's something fundamentally wrong. And we have seen things like that happen, like tracking got messed up or something like big, something major. So always double check and make sure that you're tracking first off. We talked about this on last week's episode with Deacon from Tier 11. And, you know, make sure that all that stuff is in place. So don't just say, oh, I'm going to accept a 50% drop and don't check anything. Just make sure that you're checking all your, all your data, all your tracking, all your dev. But in most cases, what we'll do is we'll take the long view and we'll sort of manage our customers saying, all right, this is normal. We see this occasionally, you know, maybe your one day return on ad spend or your seven day return on ad spend isn't where it needs to be. We're going to continue moving forward here. We're not going to maybe scale. We might sort of stay where we're at for that period of time and then maybe cut back some things that are maybe really bad. Bad meaning not anywhere near the goal of the customer. But the point is, is we stay the course and we sort of ride it out because this is what happens. And we've seen it, you know, advertising on this platform now for 10 years. It's happened every year for the last 10 years. So this is just sort of a normal cycle. So we tend to sort of deal with it like, Keep in mind, it's not our ad accounts in most cases. We're dealing with our customers and just sort of managing their expectations with the understanding that, yeah, now is the time to sort of revamp a lot of our creative. Go back to our creative team and say, all right, let's start launching. Let's start thinking about new ways in which to approach cold traffic. Let's get the creative team together for a, you know, for a strategy call, for a hook call to talk about how we can approach things. So we tend to not, you know, huddle up and just cower away from what's going on. We tend to be more proactive and say, all right, yeah, this is a reality of the situation, but let's not forget, you know, your business has gotten from X to why based upon Facebook ad traffic, let's not abandon it right now because we've got a couple of somewhat okay, not great weeks. 
Yeah. And just understanding the seasonality that's natural in a business. And it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. And it doesn't mean that the Facebook ad platform is broken, (laughs) you know? And I think that that really segues well into the second part of this chat, Ralph, about scaling. And what's interesting, what Ralph and I really wanted to discuss when it comes to scaling, we're going to talk about some numbers here in a minute, but first and foremost is mindset and how important Ralph and I deem mindset when it comes to your success as a media buyer. And this is something that Ezra and I were discussing in a session that we did at Affiliate World Europe last week in Barcelona. We were talking about how to train media buyers. And the most important aspect of that training and being a leader of media buyers, in our opinion, is actually helping them with their mindset. And in Train My Traffic Person, the 15-week mentorship that I lead for media buyers twice a year, the first module is actually about mindset. And what I mean by mindset is, of course, having an abundance mindset and a lot of the self-help stuff that you guys are probably already exposed to. But when it comes to being a media buyer, I think the most important aspect of your mindset is your relationship with money. And Ralph, you've probably seen this, but I know a lot of media buyers. I've trained a lot of media buyers who have struggled because of their relationship with money. It really has nothing to do with them as a marketer. It simply has to do with them being fearful of spending money. (laughs) And what's interesting, I actually had a student in the last cohort of Train My Traffic Person, his name is Yed, and he has a business. He tripled or quadrupled the business, I can't remember, in the first few weeks of the program, simply based off of the money mindset training that we did and understanding that maybe he had a bad relationship with money, whether it was from his past or his parents or something in his personal life that was holding him back from spending more money on Facebook. And this can be especially scary if you're spending someone else's money. (laughs) And I'm sure you see that a lot, Ralph. So this is just something we wanted to touch on and make sure you guys are aware of when it comes to scaling. If you have a bad relationship with money, you know it. You've probably struggled with money a lot of your life. I recommend following Chris Harder. He has a podcast called For the Love of Money. You can look that up on iTunes. We also did an episode with Chris here on Perpetual Traffic more about his social media strategy. But if you struggle with money or you have struggled with money in your life and you feel like that might be affecting your media buying performance, go and listen to Chris Harder, listen to Gabby Bernstein, find a teacher who's going to help you with more of an abundance mindset around money. It's a little bit woo-woo here, perpetual traffic listeners, but it's so true. And I think this is you know, for me, and we were talking about this before we started on the show today, when I started Tier 11, which originally started as the, the corporation name is different. But when I first started this company and started doing what I was doing after I was fired for the second time, thank you very much, Quest Diagnostics. <laughs> I've got them out there. Let the lawsuits happen. Let them flow right in. So when I was first starting this business, I think one of my biggest problems that I had was my relationship with money. And understanding that if I spent $10, like, man, I wanted to get that back as soon as possible, let alone when I spent $100, I was like, that's 10 times more fear, believe it or not. Like, that's how I started sending $10 worth of traffic to, I think it was actually MSN, Google, or whatever it happens to be, whatever paid network it was. 
and then hoping with an expectation of return to get that back as soon as possible, let alone when I went from $100 a day to $1,000 a day. That's 10x even more fear. Each step along the way, I would take one step forward, but I would take two steps back, almost in a self-sabotaging type of mindset. And it wasn't until it was, believe it or not, a combination of two things. It was, and you guys, you know, a lot of you folks have heard of this book, this movie, but it's got a tremendous section in it, which I've probably listened to, I would say a thousand times, which is wow. how you relate to and what your relationship is with money. And the money mindset is so vitally important, whether or not you're a media buyer buying for a customer or whether you're actually trying to build your own business is that money ends up controlling a lot of people for the wrong reasons. And I think that comes back to, you know, how you actually grow up. I hate to say it. Like I, I love my mom and dad, my dad since, you know, passed on, but I love them. They're great parents, but they had a money mindset of like, Hey, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, who do you think I am? Rockefeller? kind of thing, you know, <laughs> money makes people, all the evil people in the world are the ones that have money. You know, people who are rich are evil. Like this is how I grew up. So my parents, they kind of were children or like disciples of the depression. They had that, we need to hoard the money and save it and just keep it away from anything. Don't invest it anywhere else. You know, just save it and save it and save it. And I developed a really great saving mindset, but it hindered me when I started a business. It really got in the way because all of a sudden I was writing checks for $10, then $100, then, oh my God, I had bills for thousands of dollars. Now it's like tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, as an agency owner, getting through that was a really, really big thing for me. And it comes directly back and relates directly back to you buying media and you as a business who may have sort of lofty expectations of what your return on ad spend might be or what your limits are as far as what your top cost per acquisition could be. Some of these things that you're thinking of right now might be getting in the way of you scaling your business. And like I said, one of the best audios that I ever listened to and we've since actually promoted a lot of these people through tier 11 as agency customers is the authors from the secret and particularly that chapter on the money mindset and T. Harv Eker, who is a longtime customer of ours inside the agency has tremendous training on this. And you might think it's a little bit woo woo ladies and gentlemen, but you know, his blueprint to money abundance is actually as a tremendous training to get you through this sort of mind block, which might be limiting you as a media buyer, and it might be limiting you as a business. Bam. I just couldn't agree more. And I think this is business in general. It's not just when it comes to media buying. <laughs> and again, we're not saying to throw all of your money away. We want you to be strategic. But this relationship with money is huge because once you have a positive relationship with money, you will find that it comes a lot easier. And in turn, you'll make different decisions when it comes to your business and your campaigns. So Ralph, I wanted to bring up something you talked about return on ad spend. Before we started recording here, you brought up that metric and how it can cause issues, I, I think is the best way to put it. When you're looking at that return on ad spend metric, it can really cause issues when it comes to scale. 
Can you speak to that? Because honestly, I had a workshop in May in Denver with Desra, and we came out and said, hey guys, we almost want to quit using this metric because it's causing a lot of people to make the wrong decision or to look at scale in a way that's actually hindering them and causing them not to grow. Yeah, it is. So we'll spit out some numbers here. So keep in mind that you know, these numbers aren't necessarily uh, based on the real world. When I say the real world, like you want to operate your business at a profit, of course, like all your revenue minus all your expenses. You want money at the end of the day to sort of have as profit, put it away, save it, maybe reinvest it into your business. So when we talk about like profit or return on ad spend, all we're really talking about here is what you spend and what you actually get back in website purchase conversion value inside ads manager. So let's take it really from a basic standpoint, because for example, gross profit is your business's revenue minus cost of goods sold. Okay. So if you are a e-commerce business, let's say you sell a widget for $10 and it costs you $3 to make, you're about at a three to one profit margin at your gross profit for cost of goods sold. However, there's other costs that are associated with that. There's selling general administrative. There's, you know, people that are on your payroll. There's the software that you need to run your business. There's the accountant that you need to pay in order to have your taxes done, your bookkeeper, all these other sorts of things. After all those selling general administration expenses, not to mention your marketing expense, which your advertising expense is a part of that, then you get your net profit. So this isn't a business 101 course, but the point is, is we're not talking about gross profit, net profit here. We're talking about pure return on ad spend, how you operate your business. You're going to have to individualize these numbers to suit your business, whether you're an e-commerce store, whether you're an information marketer, obviously an information marketer, your margins should be a hell of a lot higher than, you know, an e-commerce store, unless you've got just a kick-ass product that has, you know, lots of margin and you've got intellectual property that allows you to price it at a premium. But let's just look at this example. And this is the one that we were talking about before. And it's the one that we actually use with our media buyers, as well as we discuss with customers of tier 11, because I think it's important to understand. So for example, we've got, I'd probably say about a dozen customers who came to us, they were spending maybe five figures per month in ad spend. Maybe let's just keep this round figures to start off with. Okay, tier 11, I'm spending $10,000 a month in ad spend. I want, you know, my margin, my goal, my KPI, I want you to shoot for is a 3x return on ad spend. So that would be $10,000 spent on ads and the return on ad spend would be 3X. So therefore inside Facebook, we would see a $30,000 at the end of the month, total website purchase conversion value. So that's the aggregation of all products being sold using the tracking that we talked about last week with Deacon to make sure it's all accurate. So I spend 10,000, I make 30,000. So that's a 3x return on ad spend. Great. Awesome. Things are good. So backing out the math without going into gross profit, net profit, okay? You've got $20,000 from that 10,000, which is pretty tremendous, by the way. Try and do that in the stock market in any given month. Good luck. <laughs> you know, you'd be a professional. So let's just keep this, you know, based in reality here. The point is, is that you can do that on Facebook spending $10,000 make 30,000. Great. Okay. So 
I love the 3X return on ad spend. Tier 11, I want you to get me 3X at $100,000 a month in ad spend. Well, we could. The point is, is that chances are as you scale, there is an inverse relationship in most cases, all things being equal between ad spend and return on ad spend. What do I mean by that? The more you scale up, typically the lower your return on ad spend, your realistic return on ad spend is. So from 10,000 in spend, you're getting 30,000 back, right? $20,000 margin. At 100,000, if you spent that, you wouldn't get 3X return on ad spend, okay? You would make $200,000 in profit. So 100,000 spent, $300,000 in sales, 3X return on ad spend. Probably not as realistic, but my point when we talk to customers is say, all right, as you scale, we need to alter your return on ad spend goal. It can't be the same at lower ad spend versus higher ad spend because in real dollars, even if you accept a lower KPI or key performance indicator for return on ad spend, you're still making more in real dollars. So let me explain the thinking behind that, all right? 10,000, 30,000, you get 20,000 in real dollars that you have in your hand, right? At 100,000, maybe we lower the expectation to a 2X return on ad spend. Maybe it's not 3X, we'll shoot for 3X. Great, we wanna do that, but let's be realistic. As you scale, remember there's an inverse relationship in most cases between scaling and return on ad spend, meaning as you spend more, your return on ad spend typically starts to dip lower and lower. Your CPA is a direct relationship. Your cost per acquisition, typically as you spend more, your CPA starts to increase. Am I right, Molly? That's typically the case? Absolutely, almost 100% of the time. Almost 100% of the time, there's Molly Pittman saying that as a stated fact. So if you can do better, go for it. The point is, let's be realistic here. And accept correct expectations, you know? Like that is where a lot of people are failing is that they're not setting the correct expectations in the first place. Right. And then they don't succeed, right? I'm putting air quotes when really the expectation was just incorrect. True, true. I think you have to have realistic expectations. There's a lot of advertisers on this platform, guys. You know, you're not going to get everything you always wanted from it. It's not a cash machine. So have realistic expectations. So in that vein, maybe your realistic expectation on $100,000 a month in ad spend, and this is part of the scaling mindset, is okay, I will accept a 2X return on ad spend. But let's think about that. At $10,000, okay, you're making $20,000 in profit, right? But at a 2X return on ad spend at $100,000, you would that would mean that your website purchase conversion value is 200,000. So your profit would be five times more than it was at $10,000 a day. Meaning you would make $100,000 in profit at $100,000 in ad spend if you were at 2x return on ad spend. Okay? You're making five times more money in profit from your ads, taking out all gross profit, all net profit margin, all your all their expenses. Fine. The point is, is that in real dollars, you're making more money. So this is the question that we actually have to our customers is start thinking about this differently. Now, we've got 100,000 in ad spend, right? We're making a 2X ROAS. We're making $100,000 in profit. What if we say, okay, I want to scale to a million dollars 
a month in ad spend. Well, at 2X ROAS, you'd be making a million dollars a month. Great. If we can get there, perfect. The point is, is typically, like as I said before, as you scale, there's an inverse relationship to return on ad spend. Your return on ad spend will go down. So depending on how good we are, okay, maybe we set a lower expectation for return on ad spend. Maybe we say, okay, we're going to shoot for 1.7x return on ad spend, or maybe even worst case scenario, 1.5 return on ad spend at a million dollars in spend per month. Let's take the 1.5, okay? At $100,000 a month in spend at 2x, you're making 100 grand in profit. But at a million dollars a month, okay, at a 1.5 ROAS, you're making five times that amount again. You're making $500,000 in return on ad spend from your ads. Take out your cost of goods sold, take out, you know, your selling general administrative, all that other stuff. You're going to have to work that out on your own. The point is, is that as you scale, this is one of the things that a lot of our customers have issues with. And a lot of our media buyers can't seem to get their head around as well because it's complicated. But in real dollars, think about what you're actually putting in your pocket. Okay. At the 10,000 spend, all right, 20K. At the $100,000 of spend, I'm putting 100K in my pocket. At the million spend, I'm now putting 500,000 into my pocket. Understanding that whole continuum or how that all works is a part of this scaling mindset. And it's really, really essential for you to know your numbers in your business to say, okay, I'm going to hire an agency or I'm going to hire a media buyer through train my traffic person, or I'm going to do it myself through team traffic. And I'm going to scale up my business. I need to think differently about what my goals are as I continue to scale. Because as you continue to scale, the checks that you write for your business become bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's intimidating and it's scary, but you've got to break through that because if you do want to scale, if that's your, your, your real goal for your business, you have to break through that money or that lack of abundance mindset when it comes to wealth and when it comes to growing a business. And my wife was one of the key ingredients to me getting over this particular fact. She would always say in her business, she has a very successful business that was predates mine for about 10 years. She'd always say, you know, money comes to me. It's just that simple. It's like money comes to me. Like money is, I use money. Money doesn't use me. And I think as soon as you start to think about money in a very different way, you're going to be able to scale your business. You're going to be able to scale your Facebook ads. And if you're a media buyer, you're going to be able to help your customers even more than you're doing right now. Bam. Good. Wow. So good, Ralph. That was really well explained. You have the number side of things that I don't easily articulate. <laughs> and especially when it comes to return on ad spend, it's a number, you know, like you said, people are scaling. Let's say they've doubled, tripled, quadrupled their budget, but their return on ad spend went from a two to a 1.5. That's a very misleading number there, right? That's a very misleading piece of data because that sounds like I am making less money 
money when actually in reality, if you did the math and the calculations, you would find that you are making more money and serving more people, serving more customers because you're able to scale your business. So this is a huge mindset shift for you guys, not just the money mindset and making sure that you have a healthy relationship with money, but also that you're looking at the correct numbers and that it always goes back to cash in the bank for your business and or number of customers acquired that you are able to better serve. And the impact that you have on the world too. I mean, not to get too Pollyanna here, but I mean, if you've got a really good product, the world needs to know about it. Facebook and Instagram are the perfect place for them to discover it for the first time. And going back to our Instagram episode, how many people actually discover businesses and then buy products from those businesses on Instagram, it's insane. It's like 60 or 70%, I forget the actual percentage now. But the point is, is that you can affect so many more people's lives if you get over your own mindset issues when it comes to money, but also you can put more money in your pocket in actual dollars. And I challenge you to think differently about your business and how you look at your numbers. And if you've got an internal media buyer, you're buying media yourself, or you even have an agency, you know, think about it differently and adjust your expectations based upon some of these figures here, because you know the platform itself, Molly, isn't going to get any less competitive and it, you know, it's amazing to me. And I, well, somebody like one of our new employees at tier 11 actually brought this up in a call. It's amazing that we can actually put a dollar in to Facebook. And then at the end of the month, we have $2 that come out of it. I mean, that's insane. I mean, most people just say, oh, I could just acquire a customer at a loss or maybe at a break even. We do it at a profit in month one. And my challenge is to actually push people to say, all right, well, if we know that past 30 days, people will continue to buy, you're acquiring a customer that are going to buy from you over and over again, keep pushing what you can pay for a customer. And Ryan Dice says this, I think he actually got it from somewhere else, but anyway, we'll credit it back to him. He or she who can pay more for a customer is willing to pay more for a customer wins. And yeah, I, I think a great book, that you know we read every single year on this is Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael Masterson and talks about this specific concept. And I would implore you to read that book as well. Lots of resources here we'll have in the show notes for uh, episode 211. Amazing, Ralph. This has been such a good episode. No, I I think both parts of this conversation, number one, the seasonality of your business and how that plays into your media buying game plan, and then also scaling and especially your money mindset and making sure that you're looking at the right data points when you're making decisions about scaling and how that actually impacts your business. Such important topics. And it's been a blast as always. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. It's been something that we've you know, we've talked around a couple of times on various episodes of Perpetual Traffic. Uh, we'll have all the resources in our show notes. One show that I would definitely recommend you go back and listening to. This is one I think you and I actually did together, which is episode 106, which is how much can you afford to pay to acquire a customer? It was one of the most popular episodes ever on Perpetual Traffic, believe it or not. So go back to that episode 106. All the other resources uh, we'll have here on the show notes, including, you know, some woo-woo links for all you people who do want to get back to uh, changing your mindset to an abundance mindset from a scarcity mindset. But I think all that is vital 
to being successful in business and in life. So yeah, live an abundant lifestyle, right, Molly? Agreed. Yeah, it's a uh, much happier and will so- solve more problems for you than just uh, your business. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hope you're enjoying the dead of summer to bring back the beginning of our discussion. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, this has been uh, episode 211. For all the show notes, make sure you go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast episode 211. This has been a good one, Molly. Keep enjoying Amsterdam. Okay, talk next week, guys. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.